Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. All right, Thursday Lulls, fun show today. A uh, couple of big-time guests. We got our guys from ETR who launched the college football product recently, Fear My Turtle, and, of course, PSU fans. They heard us uh, talking about them a couple of weeks ago. We were kind of doing some ballparking on what kind of arrangement would lead to them heading to ETR and launching this product, so we're going to get the lowdown from them. And then later... We are going to have Justin Freeman from Run the Sims. We've obviously been talking about all the sim wars going on right now. He's going to let us know what RTS is up to in that regard. So, you know, lo and behold, we got a classic hand builders versus Opto Bros show here on Lulz. Let's do it. I, does he think? I think he thinks this. He thinks this is a go. Vegas Dave thinks this is a go. Hot naked girls doing yoga. What? Why don't you just win like a man? Random.org. Type in one for yes, two for no, and let the DFS guys pick for you. And I'm absolutely begging you not to do bus. Please, Please don't do bus. All right, it's Lowell's with my host, Brian Hooper. We got Fear My Turtle and PSU fans here. Normally, it's Davis Maddock, who's kind of like riding my coattails and getting my leftover sloppy seconds on guests. You guys did already do the take cast, but I guess in this instance, we can come on and I can get Davis's sloppy seconds. Yeah, we, we did Davis's show. Uh, we talked to him a couple weeks ago. He asked us if we wanted to do something because he knew what was coming through the pipeline. We said, sure, might as well. I think that's like my third appearance with Davis. I think I've done three or four with you. So it's definitely, definitely a situation where I've done uh, quite a few with both of you guys. Yeah, we've done some DFS shows over the years. Uh, although, Alex, this is my uh, my first show uh, with you. How are you doing? Doing well. Um, I really only play DFS so I can win the Millie Maker and come on lols. So I kind of found a loophole there. So <laughs> I can just like retire and, and be happy. So, But it's nice to join you. Yeah, you did really kind of pull a fast one over on us. Because Brian and I, we, we do a pretty good job. Millionaires only on this show. Brian, are you okay with this exception we making? Or is this a slippery slope? Yeah, well, the whole reason for the Millie Makers is just to say no to people. And <laughs> a lot of people we actually want on when we feel like it, yeah. Um. So yeah, because I know it was a couple of weeks ago, we were kind of talking about stuff. Run Pure has been loading up, adding uh, multiple new contributors. And then around the same time, uh, ETR brought you guys over. I am curious because I, I did listen to you guys on the take cast, but was that something where you guys approached ETR about this idea? Did they approach you? Obviously, I know you guys are friendly with all those guys over there, but how did that sausage get made? Yeah, like I've talked to uh, people beforehand like i've done a lot of stuff with etr like i started in the industry i don't know eight nine years ago doing stuff with labs which then turned into uh action network which then turned into not doing anything for a while which then turned into i did stuff with uh established run for xfl and preseason before 
Then we joined Roto Grinders, where I still went out and did some stuff with ETR. So we've always been uh, in communication with different people. And like you said, like we know quite a few people in the industry. So it's more so how things come about. But yeah, the whole thing was that started from a niche perspective was basically during the pandemic. Uh, we were doing a bunch of League of Legends. We were doing a bunch of like Korean soccer and like Korean baseball. We did a bunch of stuff. But so a lot of the sports that started back up quickly were the niche sports. So we had the the uh, RG guys reached out to us like years ago during the pandemic and are like, hey, we think there's a, a opening in the industry for something like this. Are you guys interested? And they approached me. And so I reached out to Alex and him and I talked about it. And that's how it all sort of got started from there. Alex, did you guys consider trying to spin up your own site? Because that was obviously something we were kind of discussing of like, hey, you know, you can do this with another site. Is it, would it be worth more to you guys to do it on your own? Clearly you guys saw value as being part of the ETR kind of distribution network. Yeah. I mean, we see massive value. I, 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 it'd be tough to sell subs on our own really. Like we're, we see our, like, we think what we do with college football is, is really solid and fits in with the brand of what ETR does trying to be the best at everything. So I think people trust the ETR brand and that really brings in new opportunities, new customers for us, as opposed to trying to go out on our own. Um, yeah. And really that's something we we had talked about. Like I was looking for a different arrangement, really. Like I think Brian alluded to on the, one of the previous shows, like we were doing a lot of different things with RG and RG is under like a publicly traded company, like resourcing is always a challenge in those types of environments. So like we were just looking for something different and valuating all options. And when this opportunity presented itself, I think it was kind of a no brainer just with kind of the brand value that ETR is established into in the community. Brian, uh, do you have any uh, follow-up questions, any other burning ones that you've been losing sleep over since we were trying to uh, to ballpark some stuff before? Oh God. Well, I mean, I've got some questions you probably don't want to answer. <laughs> Get try them. No, I mean, I'll I'll say the like your speculations in the previous podcast, they're in the general ballpark of things. Obviously, we can't disclose specifics, but yeah, I mean, I think you're on the right track. What 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 was RG compensating you? What were they paying you? I mean, a pretty decent salary. Yeah. Um, like you could support a family on it. So it wasn't necessarily a money thing. To me, it was a lifestyle thing. And that's one of the luxuries of actually running good in DFS and having some options open is to kind of maybe take less money overall for like, just like a better work-life balance. Um, so yeah. that was a big part of it. Yeah. Some clarity with that is I know you guys talked about it before and like the scope that we would be under. So I'll just give you an example, like a two week stretch that I had last year. So during the uh, world cup in the fall and, and college football season. So Thanksgiving week, there was like a two week window where they, they heavily overlapped. My day consisted of waking up at 4am to update stuff for, uh, for the world cup. And I stayed on my computer till 10pm at night for two weeks straight. So I put in like two weeks straight of 18 hour days and it was just i was a zombie like i literally was not functioning as a human i'm like i don't know how long i can do this but yeah you guys talked about it before with like winning players and like a lot of cows aren't winning players uh but we are lucky enough to be in the group that is has been a winning player so uh For now. rg compensation was definitely enough where you could have that as your only job not play dfs and you're completely content uh similarly though like over the last five or six years like typically that is not the most of my income where it comes from it comes from playing dfs uh and the touting part is just a nice addition on top of that yeah the um 
Yeah, the element uh, chess is okay would be impressed by how many uh, hours you are uh, you are putting in there, <laughs> and that that is the other thing about it too, and kind of what you know we're going to be talking about the sim stuff, and you know a lot, a lot of times you know I asked Brian how he came up with a play or a lineup, and he says he he pressed a button. Uh, you guys are you're you're getting your hands dirty. This the stuff you do takes a ton of ton of like like manual labor essentially to to arrive at the stuff, and now that you guys are doing college football, right? I mean how many teams are there that you guys even have to cover? Like I think of even like the NFL and I get overwhelmed managing the industry in uh, all the injuries and the team depth charts. Like it seems like a gargantuan effort for college football. Yeah. I mean, you really don't know, need to know everything. You just need to know more than your opponent, obviously, which is the nice thing. Yeah. There's 133 D uh, FBS teams in college football, but they're all not going to be on a slate in a given week. But I mean, it really comes down to out of all the DFS sports cover, I I enjoy the process of college football more than any other. Just like this the Sunday to Friday prep process, and we've been refining that for for years of playing, and I think we have a pretty good process in place. There's a lot of room to make improvements. There's a changing landscape in college sports with all the transfer stuff, so you have to think about your like rankings and your numbers differently, adjusting year to year. So to me, it's it's interesting. It stays interesting, and it's a process I really like. So if I just hunker down, work, put in a lot of hours in the fall, and have a lot of the other months of the year free, that's pretty appealing to me. I just did the math, Pete. It's 126 hours a week. We have a wow. new record holder. There yeah, this is why chess is okay. Just He's probably retired. You can't put in 126 <laughs> a week. Don't give oh. Sean any job with a timesheet. He's gonna light your ass up. No, no, it was it was it was a two week stretch, and it was I was a zombie. I was literally walking around my house, and I was just like, I can't do this again. Uh, it was it was a pretty horrendous two weeks in my life. I'm not gonna lie. Do you know how many? Because one thing we were kind of wondering about in like the dynamic of you guys joining ETR is like how many people like they're just existing NFL DFS subs or NBA subs that were like, oh, now they're offering this. Yeah, they do good work. I'll, I'll join that versus people coming over specifically for your college football product. I assume there are people from RG who were familiar with you that are like, okay, I want that product. I'm going to just go get it over here. But do you guys have any feel for kind of the split that's been coming in on that so far? Yeah, yeah I have no, I have no I have no actual data, but my initial guess would be like at least 80-20 on like the ETR side. Like the we're selling into the ETR sub subscriber base more so than our our RG fans, if you will. Mm. But Sean, what do you think? I, I would say it's maybe a little closer. It's like 30-70. We've definitely seen people that we know are familiar with us from RG. And then we also know that a lot of people are familiar with us via the ETR brand and that's why they're coming to us. But yeah, it's one of those things. I think a lot of people that have uh, been within the industry with college football, like we know what we do is, is pretty good from a college football uh, content perspective and what we do with projections and everything. And I think a lot of people uh, value that and have, have noticed that over the years. So I think that we've definitely been able to keep some people that have been there uh, I know Brick mentioned last time that he's used us in the past. Uh, hope to see him again. I know he. I, you made a joke that you're going to have to to borrow some money or you're going to have to play preseason slates to to get the funds up. So hopefully we <laughs> see you in there. But yeah, like we we're very very uh, care about what we put out for our customers. Like we want everyone to have good info. We want everyone to be able to utilize it. That said, obviously everyone that uses info can't necessarily put the pieces together with that info. So some people will obviously struggle with it, but other people we think will do pretty well. We've seen people utilize it well in the past, uh, a lot of the time. Um, I imagine. Oh, go ahead, Brian. Uh, I, I, Pete, Pete's going to borrow 
borrow me some money and I'm going to sign up before, you know, football doesn't start till Saturday, I believe. Uh, so I, I'll be there. Football, Pete, I mean, college football, that is. I'm not sure how familiar with, you are with it. My The way I do it anyways is you actually do have to be on these discords. And, like, I I would I I would never post because I'm too big time, but I would troll you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, but I would, but I would, but I would read all your guys' posts on on RG and stuff. And it's tough. You can't do like the old uh, you know 2017 DFS aggregate pro- projections, in my opinion, because it's 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 that info is really important in college sports. Where like Pete, you probably have a really good idea how many carries Rashad White's going to get, you know, or something like that. Not even you, just like, yeah. like just anyone the collective you know, kind of yeah. who's a football fan and not in college football. Like there's a lot of who's even going to start at QB and like the, like the backup QB might be a guy who's projected pretty well. Like it's in it. And like, I mean, there's no way I could pay attention to that much data. So like, I just I just do my thing and then I see who I'm getting and then I look at like all the question marks that they talk about in the Discord. I don't know how you guys are going I'm assuming you guys are going to be in ETR's Discord doing something similar like that. So like I'd be surprised like Alex was saying 80/20. I would I would be I wouldn't be surprised if it was more people coming over because you can't just like aggregate the projections and then like these these guys don't know the backup QB is going to start today. And these guys do like, that's not how it works. Like, like in the MLB or some, you know, some major, one of the major sports where news is more, uh, you know, accessible, at least in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, our, our, what we try to do is just like present the scenario. This is the information we know. This is what we think we're not going to know until kickoff. You have to make your own decision based on these number, these factors. So like you said, like the projections, the number, it may not change, but you need like providing the context of how it could change. Um, is a big part of it. So, yeah, definitely a different animal than NFL. Yeah, I'll give a good example with it last year. So last year at the end of the year, there was a Georgia Southern game at the end of the year, and their receiver was 3K, Stoneman. The last three weeks, he had 15 targets a game. So obviously, that's going to be a great play at the Stoneman because he's just going to produce. And on Saturday, I had the Georgia Southern pregame radio show on. And actually, shout out to Bruce from – uh, run pure he also did but so anyways they announced on the pregame radio show that this receiver was not going to play it was nowhere in the industry and the guy ended up being 60 percent owned and then there ended up being drama later that people were complaining it didn't happen so scorpion mcscorp asked why should someone pay 350 a season for college football when a lot of the info is free i'd argue that not a lot of the info is free but if you think it is then that that can be said for any dfs sport right like all the info is out there for everything you just have to do it but the answer is what brick said is that you might not have time to sit there and dig through 25 different forums to try to find bits and pieces of it of the information and even us like we're going to not see everything it's impossible to see everything because on a given week uh it's impossible to see every single player on every single team but like one type of information like that could be worth the subscription price for a decade if, if it's in the right situation. And just in general, we're able to put together a lot of information and save you a lot of time. So I think the answer to why someone should pay the, the price to do it is I think that it's a, a time saver for everyone involved. Most people can't spend 12 hours a day looking through different areas to try to find the information that we're able to help provide. Um, so I think that's one of the good reasons why to, it's worth it to pay that type of price. 
it's kind of a silly question because it's like saying, why would you pay a plumber to come to your house and fix your pipes? All the <laughs> information's available on YouTube. I could watch YouTube videos on how to do it. Well, one, I don't have the time to do it. Two, I'm not a professional at it. And three, this is going to save me a lot of time not watching YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say in college football, there's a lot of slates too. So if you just like, if you don't have to play every day, like starting in October, they play win. uh, I think they're playing Tuesdays this year too. So we'll have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we'll have two full different slates on, on Saturday on DK and then all the side slates. So, I mean, there's a lot of different options to play and you can pick and choose the timeframes that work for you. So again, back to the time aspect, it's another reason since we're covering every slate that, yeah, you can just pick and choose when to play. I think the first half of that question is a uh, valid one. The second half's a, a uh, I'll, I'll talk about it in a second. The first half of the question, actually, we're probably going to talk about quite a bit on our next show next week. Um, like just how much money sh- in this day and age should people realistically spend on certain things, simulation software, yeah. blah, 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 in this current DFS climate. But so, but we could talk about that next week, but the, the information being free, like I, like I'm trying to think of like, you know, like, like fantasy pros or somebody, something like that who does like NFL projections, it's almost a valid argument, but for college football, it's not in my experience because not, not only is it like the, who's starting is the backup QB starting. These guys are also helping out like, like, like a key, a key thing will be like an RB who they don't really know who's going to get the carries. And so like, regardless of your projection source, that's probably, if he's slightly chalky, that's pretty obvious fade, you know, or something like that, just from like a hand builder or whatever, just thinking about it for a second. And, and if they're going like, I could see it going, you know, 15 carries, 12 carries or, or reverse the other way, the free information sites are not going to come. They're not going to give you that. And I know I'm like shilling ETR's product here, but like. You're, you're going soft on us today, Brian. Come on. I was expecting. Uh... I mean, it, well, then let, let me say this. I don't know everyone's sources out there too either, but I would say even any other prescription uh, uh, subscription site that's good. College football makes a lot of sense uh, if you're going to go the free route. And we'll talk about, like, not the 350 from their product, but just how much should someone pay a lot. I think we could talk about that next week unless yeah. you guys have comments on it. But whatever. No, I mean, I think it's one of those things, too, is, is you guys have mentioned that, like, a lot of touts aren't profitable or aren't really winning players. And so, like, sometimes people are paying for information from maybe people that aren't most successful. I it, Alex and I have been doing this for a long time and are very, very successful. Like you can notice, like it's very fit. It's very unlikely that a lot of sports that you see out there with DFS, like there's not people that are like the top, top people in the industry that are providing content and information for those specific sports. Well, as we are doing that uh, for college football. So it's definitely a tricky uh, thing. And and again, like, I mean, if it all depends what you said. So the watcher said not really comparable to plumbing when the risk of messing up a do-it-yourself plumbing project is catastrophic. <laughs> I'd argue if you screw up a lot of college football stuff and you're, you're playing look- a lot of money in action, it could be catastrophic too. So it, it could work. But I, I totally understand. Like if people uh, decide they don't want content or don't don't want any additional help from what they do themselves, totally get it. Like I'm someone that do- doesn't really use a lot of other content in the industry outside of my stuff um, and what I do. But not everyone's the same, and I definitely understand where people come from from that perspective. 
And I feel like one thing too, and, and why you guys are probably getting so many, you know, people who wouldn't otherwise consider playing college football diving in is because I think ETR does a good job with the packaging too. And the idea of the show, the discord, the top plays, there's just kind of a like, Hey, they're going to have me covered. I don't have to spend all week grinding all this stuff. I'm going to show up and I'm going to have a nice head start. Doesn't mean that you don't have to work. Doesn't mean that you don't have to be following things closely on your own, but you provide like a bedrock of, of research and information that really shortcuts the process. One thing I am curious about, you know, going back to, obviously you guys were weighing the pros and cons probably of like where to provide this. You know, you mentioned that, I don't know if you guys considered doing it on your own, but one dynamic that I think is interesting is like, you guys have built up this audience at RG, people who come to you for this information, then you leave and like outside of what, your Twitter account? You don't have really any way to like target these guys. I assume you don't have an email list for them. It was kind of like the hoop thing with RPS, right? He had this like audience, all these people who subbed for his stuff. Then he leaves. He's like shut out of his own site. Doesn't even have a way to contact these people. Obviously coming on Lowell's <laughs> gets the word out a little bit. But like, how did you guys think of that element too? And do you think about it going forward of like, again, not saying that you're not going to have a long tenure at ETR, but just knowing like the people that are there for you that you don't control the means of communicating with them. Yeah, I think that's just something you have to accept and it's part of the business. And that's why ETR was so appealing because we felt like even without that direct line and our mailing list or anything like that, that um, they would they would appropriately market and sell this product into their existing customer base. So yeah. it wasn't really a huge concern. We didn't, I think we considered actually just playing for ourselves more so than starting our own product. Um, so if, if we would have gone on our own, it would have been just playing our own stuff and not selling anything. Yeah. Did you talk to... No, go ahead, Brian. Did, did you think about asking RG, like, hey, we got this offer from ETR. Can we sell a subscription on here and just do college football? Now, um, I mean, the problem is like, just like if you're working within like a like a controlled like corporate environment, almost. It's not like it was where we're just like negotiating like independent contractor. Like we're we are like a salary that has this scope, and I'm assuming Cardi it, has a deal like that. I mean, yeah, well, Cardi's special. We're not special. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm just saying, like, I, it really wasn't a, a big thought. Like, once we kind of made our our mind up that we were gonna try to dip, find a different arrangement, um, I think we left on great terms. I love the guys at RG. Dan Bach, Bach's been awesome, um, grandfather of DFS. So, yeah, wish them the best. They're a bunch of great group guys. Yeah, and we like we we definitely talk about it each year. Like each year we would discuss, and I know this is something that Brian brought up, I, I believe, on the last show when this sort of all came together, but. Uh, each year we would talk and we'd be like, all right, are we, do we want to stay here? Do we, or do we want to look elsewhere? Or like, what do we want to do? And then it was like, do we want to not do anything? Because it was a definite discussion of like, are we hurting ourselves by providing content and doing stuff and just, or just playing on our own. And we've looked at that each year and sort of discuss, obviously it's difficult to fully quantify like how much it's it impacts things so it's difficult but uh to, to brian's question what he talked about previously like why do good dfs players tout for us it's one of those things is if we are touting we have to put together a good product it forces us to make sure that we are doing things at the best of our ability and what i found for myself is that if i am uh providing content and projections for people that i am definitely not going to cut any corners i'm definitely not going to uh cut any corners and, and and do things poorly. I'm going to do it as good as possible because that is important to me. So it's one of those things for me, at least personally, I found that the reason I, I tout and the reason I like to do it is because it forces me to be as good of a DFS player as I can physically be because it forces me to spend 
60, 70 hours a week doing stuff instead of like, oh, hey, I want to go to a movie. I'm going to go to a movie and not not do stuff. It forces me to, to not do that stuff, which again, though, is why we've sort of ended up at ETR and we both like college football. That's that's our main passion right now. That's what Alex and I prefer. Um, in the past, I would play every single slate of like every sport that I played every day of the week, 365 days a year. Back then I was 25, lived at uh, by myself in an apartment, had no worries in the you world. Almost had, you almost said at home, but I was at home, but I moved out around then. So, you know, I, I kind of moved out. Uh, and the, but now I'm married, have a couple dogs, have a kid on the way. So it's a thing where I'm trying to, I'm able to give up some of the work balance for some life balance, which to me is important right now. It, what kind, I assume like with your guys' arrangement, like you have upside incentives, right? Like the more you sell, is there, are there like, were there ways for you guys feeling like more invested in it versus, because when you talk about like the lifestyle stuff, a lot of times I feel like that always dovetails with like a floor and like a safety and feeling like, Hey, I'm going to get this. I can expect this. Or is like your guys' compensation completely tethered to how many subs you sell? Yeah, so our our previous conversation with Rotogrind has actually changed. With at the beginning, we were on like a rev share. I think maybe it was a full rev share, maybe it was a rev share in salary, and then we turned into like full time employees because they wanted to bring us in fully under the umbrella because of the way the corporate structure was working. And then with like each yard, it was sort of a thing where we were able to tie in a bunch of best worlds uh, that fit in with what we were doing. But so like instead of me having to sit there. For two hours a day doing leave legend stuff for alex to have to sit there for two hours doing soccer alex have to sit there at like 12 a.m on a tuesday night waiting for DraftKings to post tennis slate we're able to just yeah. focus on college football and stuff so it, i wouldn't say it's as much as like a floor and ceiling type of thing as we just saw yeah. it as a possibility that we could do well here uh with what they provide and what our thoughts are with etr and then also not work ourselves 100 hours a week 12 months of the year. So the idea is, is like, obviously we're planning to work 80 hours a week or so during fall, but then maybe during like March, I'm going to be able to go for a two week vacation somewhere, not have to worry about anything. Whereas with RG, we would always have responsibilities or obligations that we had to make sure we're covered or do ourselves while we were on a trip. Mm -hmm. how, how, how many, so you guys had to do the math in your head. How many subs did you guys think you were going to get by going to ETR? Like you guys had to run the math, like uh, 500,000, what? I mean, I thought it was an extremely wide range. Yeah. I was like, there's a potential it could totally flop. There's a potential it could actually way outperform what we think. So, I mean, I thought that the range was humongous. So, to me, there wasn't much. Yeah, it was a total unknown. Like, we're going to find out whether, like, a single sport, like, niche offering is viable in this market through this kind of experiment. But, yeah. um, no, I, we'll, we'll your see. Guy, I, your guy's range was, like, 150 to 250 i think that was something like that we our range we thought was higher than that yeah we were pretty confident our range was higher than that but like alex said the range was really wide uh, and we really had no idea what it was going to be because we don't know the ins and outs of the etr world and we also don't know exactly what we were having from surely college football people at roto grinders because the way that it was packaged at roto grinders it makes sense to have everything and not just like college football did they did they so, tell you how many subs they have for all their other sports and stuff like that? Um, I don't think so. Do you guys negotiate at all? you ask any information at all? These yeah, days? well, I, I had, <laughs> I got, I've done preseason with them before, and I was familiar with, like, how many preseason subs they had. So I was able to, like, be like, okay, if they had this amount of subs for the preseason, college football season is 
bigger, but also weirder because it's longer. So I was like, I don't know exactly what we can get, but I was at least able to, because I don't think the NFL product is like a good comparison, right? Because no. the NFL product is NFL. Whereas like preseason, I thought at least had some comparisons. So we were able to think about the preseason numbers, but then we're sitting here, like we started it, like we, I, we opened it August 1st and we're sitting there like the end of July. Alex is like, what are you, he's like, what's your thoughts going to be if we have like 25 subs by, by August 30th i'm like i'm gonna be a really depressed individual if that's the case right so, well one thing i think i was trying to hint at asking about like how your thing is structured is like how incentivized you are to market on your own because both of you guys have a twitter but i don't consider either of you like prolific twitter users or like you know uh huge marketers in the way we see screenshot marketing in the space so i'm just wondering like we see what uh, uh jbfc right he joins uh Rumpier used to just, you know, kind of shit post, and now it's screenshot city because like clearly his deal is incentivizing him to get subs on run pure. Is that the case for you guys? Or is your thing just set up? Hey, we're going to let the ETR monolith do the marketing for us. Yeah. I mean, they have professionals at ETR that do these things and they're very good at it. To me, I'm just going to let the consistency and consistency and the quality of the product speak for itself. And that's what we kind of always have done. So yeah, I'm never going to be one of those guys that it's going to sit there and, and beg for people to sign up on Twitter and, and post screenshots. Although Sean makes me post them sometimes. I do. Well, yeah. Well, so to answer your question though, the answer is yes. If we did screenshot and stuff, it would be better for us. Right. But I'm not <laughs> going to do that. Like I'm just not going to sit there and screenshot everything that I do. I did. So Alex, Alex won the college football world championship last year and then won what was the equivalent of the college basketball world championship. So he won both. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, you're going to post anything? He's like, no, I'm good. I'm like, I think you should post this. So I have a strict rule for myself that is like, I won't screenshot anything over or under like, I don't know, 25, 50K or something. And so like, I'm just, you're just not going to see screenshots from me unless I like win the big college football GPT, which I finish second all the time. So it never happens. So we're good. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. And Brian have talked over the years about how, and I know Brian doesn't screenshot at all either, but Brian also, I feel like we've talked about how we have, we naturally feel this guilt about like bragging or promoting things that is kind of like silly. And one thing I would say, like for you guys, all three of you who are successful DFS players, if you reframe it as like, if you aren't doing it strictly, even for marketing, it's the same way when someone like posts like a fish they caught or they got a new driver. I saw someone post that yesterday. It's like people who are your followers, they genuinely just kind of like care what you're up to and they know you as DFS players. And even Brian gets tagged in Lowell's Discord. Congrats on the hit. You know, all of this stuff. Like people get excited to know. So almost even just as a PSA, just like letting people know, I, I do think we got to, you know, you guys can, you know, not beat yourselves up so much with the screenshots. Okay, I'll let, I'll let my hair down this year. So thanks for the pep talk. Go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Brian, any final words here before we uh, we bring yeah. Uh, Justin on? Yeah, PSU mentioned you know he's a really good winning player. Are you are you good enough that former DFS pros would owe you money? I am, I am going to. Here we go. I'll leave. I'll leave with this. I definitely have heard things about certain situations like that, and can confirm that certain people do not owe me money. But <laughs> I've done stuff with certain people in the past, and I was always promptly paid. Okay. But there you go. I do. I had heard stuff, but I, again, that's one of those things I don't like to talk about stuff that's not my story to tell. And I don't feel like that one is my story to tell. So I can only give the experiences I've had. Well, 
last time we did ask our guests if they were on team uh, Rumpier Sports or team Ship It Nation, and they said they were legally not allowed to answer that question. Uh, which team are you guys on, Rumpier Sports or Ship It Nation? Oh my God, this is like I'm. I'm waiting for your. I mean, I lo- I love Tony, so I'm always going to root for Tony. Um, okay, team. I mean, I'm, I'm on team PSU and FMT Nation and ETR Nation, but okay. of the two options given, it's 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 run pure. I like, I'm a good. Tony's wow. a good friend of mine. I really wow. like Tony. Run pure so. dominates. Um, all right, guys. It was great talking to you. Uh, best of luck with the uh, the college football season. Anything, obviously, head to ETR. It's right there in the drop down. Anything else people should know? No, pretty straightforward. No, just yeah, yeah. follow our there. Twitter accounts. We don't post anything interesting. No sure. screenshots. So, yeah, appreciate the time. Yeah, so, yeah. Good talk to you guys on Saturdays, all right? Yeah. All right. We'll We'll see you guys. We'll say goodbye here to Alex and PSU fans. We'll bring in our buddy, uh, Justin Freeman here, Justin. We had some hand builders there talking about their hundred plus hour weeks. You're just one of the sim bros, right? You press the button. It's done. You move on with your life. Getting a little closer there all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I've sort of wobbled on that over the years, but yeah, no, hopefully it's getting a little bit easier every day. Uh, Brian wants to know if you got a fresh haircut. Always, yeah. Uh, I'm now on like the every two or three weeks type of deal. High and tight. Nice. Looking tight, yeah. Really? Looking good, looking good. Yeah, it's been a while since we've talked to you, I think, on on Lulz. Um, obviously, we've done a few shows about uh, kind of all the uh, the sim wars going on. We've seen big improvements um, to the Saber Sim product. We had uh, Stochastic who launched theirs. Um, I am curious, too, just from like your perspective, um, what, what has this been like to watch like the 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 evolution of all the sims and i assume you kind of saw this coming and that you know red the sims was out relatively early to some of these other products but what do you think of the overall landscape right now yeah i mean when we launched two years ago people like from day one were saying well, why can't your sim do this why can't your sim do that does like everybody wanted you know the, the holy grail of dfs and uh it seems like a few of our sort of like competitors and, and i've always been pretty open with with our competition like um, I think there's room in the sandbox for everyone. Maybe as we, uh, you know, dig a little bit deeper into the market and attack sort of from a, a bit more of a niche angle, that's that's not necessarily true. But uh, yeah, like the pressure's kind of been on, the writing's been on the wall that everybody's going to start ratcheting up what their sims are capable of doing. Uh, more people are starting to do that. Everybody's embracing that. So yeah, I, I think it's been kind of on us to sort of take our game up a little bit as well. So uh, really this whole summer has been about how do we make run the Sims like competitive in the world of contest simulations? And so that's kind of what we're excited to talk about uh, here today. Brian, um, I know you had, you know, one of the things you had talked about with the, the Saber Sim product is that it was getting fairly close to at least the type of process uh you have here and uh, i know we're also cooking up a show maybe in the next week or so kind of continuing this conversation about uh sims essentially destroying dfs do you, do you are you still feeling that way right now yeah well we're going to talk about sims but just the overall st- like the state of the union you know the state of the state of gambling the state of dfs i think it will be kind of the general theme but um uh yeah i mean i said how many shows ago, Pete? I think the Sim Wars are on. Uh, I don't like it. 
I, I wish it was <laughs> rolled back. It's not going to happen. So this the new this is the new normal. And um, you know, I don't know what I don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I I alluded to this earlier uh, with with uh, PSU and Alex is we're going to talk about two. I think we should bring up uh, next week. Pete is like just like the amount of money versus the edge you can attain in this new world to me seems like at a certain point, you know, if you're paying three thirty for your stats package, you're paying, you know, whatever, 200 a month for your SIM package and et cetera, et cetera. And you have a backup optimizer you pay for, you know, and that's, and who knows what else, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be tough to justify playing this, this high rake, high variant G, GPP style, um, which is basically what you're going to play in Sims, yeah. but you could do Sims in cash, but uh, the hand builders still rule cash in my opinion. But um, so like, that's like how much money are the, is this going to cost? Or, like, there's just so many questions that I don't know exactly how they're going to be answered, but I mean, it is fun in the beginning to look at it and hop on early. And uh, so like I, to see what everyone's come up with and their solutions to kind of solve this problem. And, you know, there's other people like Travis who's going to uh, hopefully has time to come on sometime and he doesn't think it's a big deal. So. What do you, on, on that note, Justin, because, you know, we've been partnered for a couple of years. A lot of people in uh, my discord have used run the Sims and our smaller uh, players, at least from a volume and a bankroll perspective, you know, they'll use the Sims to max out the $3 20 max stuff and that it giving them these tools in this edge, even though they're a smaller bankroll player and not kind of, you know, gorging them or whatever, gouging them, I should say on the price of the sub. On the other hand, as the tools get more and more sophisticated, it does come up uh, or present an interesting pricing dilemma. I assume you guys are thinking about that as you roll out more features to to run the Sims. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it'll be a premium add-on to us. I think that'll probably be similar to the way Stochastic has uh, layered theirs on top of their existing subscription model. Um, so, yeah, we, we haven't exactly settled on a price. Uh, matter of fact, I would love to get uh, you guys' input if you have any thoughts. But it's tough because... The, the number of people who will pay like a significant portion of money, like as much as I think this is worth is, is really quite a small number of people. And so would you rather have a lot from a few people or uh, try to give more people more exposure to advanced level tools, take a little bit less off the top. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting break even question uh, that, that really I have no way of trying to formulate an answer to other than, than just sort of guessing and working backwards from that. But um, yeah, it's like, for a while, it seemed like the, the lay of the land was that all of the big sites sort of had their finger on the nuclear button and uh, wasn't sure who was going to uh, fire it off first in terms of uh, you know offering these. I, I think the capability to offer these has always been there, um, but there there's just like an ecosystem question at the end of the day. But I think the toothpaste is sort of out of the tube with this, and uh, now it's just a matter of everybody's got to put their best product forward. Can, can I say I, I have just a slight disagreement? I don't think they all knew how to do Sims properly. Uh, I think they hired some folks who knew how to do them. And 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 you could tell like the variation in products and stuff about who probably had a little more expertise uh, than others. Small, dis, small, small disagreement, but, you know, maybe, maybe noteworthy. The, the price, man, I don't know. I do not know. Are you doing full classic and showdown or 
both versions. And so the way ours is set up now, um, it's uh, kind of this like, um, I guess what you would call like a balanced strategy in terms of like what we're going to do is we're going to give you access to 10,000. Let's do classic, for example. We'll run 10,000 simulations for you and generate the optimals off of that. So whereas I think some other sites are having you populate a dummy field, we're going to populate the dummy field for you with these optimal lineups. And so they're all like legitimate lineups that all would have won, you know, a, a GPP as the best possible option, at least once out of those 10,000 times. And then we'll run those through a thousand new sims to see how they do competing against one another. So that's that like balanced strategy. Uh, it doesn't necessarily reflect ownership, which is obviously a, a super, a, a super important angle layered on top of that. So hopefully we'll get to that uh, some point in the middle of the season, uh, being able to offer that where it'll adjust for, for ownership. But uh, so right now it's going to pit them all against each other. We use like a smooth payout curve uh, and a few different options to choose from there. Um, and generate the the EV when they all fight up against each other. How often does each one finish in the top 0.1%, that sort of thing. And so it's going to give you a lot of data points to make decisions, uh, you know, filter out lineups you don't like and that sort of thing. But yeah, we, we do 10,000 of those for classic slates. Last year, we only did 500 and we didn't even give you the lineups. And we'll do 50,000 showdown uh, sims this year. Last year, we did 5,000. So it's a 10x boost in terms of the number of sims. The, the computing power we're offering this year is like, absolutely out of control in terms of how many sims and, and the layer of uh, detail that we're getting into. It's, it's pretty intense. One thing that I think is interesting about the sim wars, right, is there's two levels to it, right? There's the quality of the sims itself, just, just mm -hmm. base level. How good is this? And then there is the product version. Like how easy is this for people to use? How technical it is? That was one of the things about the initial stochastic one where they're like, this is pretty powerful, but man, you have to like project the entire field yourself to actually use this in a way so like how do you think about that because you've been you've been working on the product side for a while you guys have had a lot of time getting customer feedback knowing how people interact with this stuff on the other hand you've had to have been thinking how do we actually make these sims better and then how do you marry that how do you get that to a product level that's actually digestible for the user that's exactly right those are humongous obstacles and it's you know probably one of the main reasons i didn't do it last year was because I couldn't quite figure out a way to ensure that everybody wasn't like duping each other and playing all the same lineups and that sort of thing. And I think luckily we've kind of stumbled on a solution that solves for that. Every time somebody reruns the Sims, they're going to get fresh sets of lineups. Like the original idea was you, you create these dummy fields and they're kind of static and they sit in a database somewhere. And then you can compare, you know, sort of a inserted group of lineups against those. But then everybody's going to get really, really, really similar results. Now you get fresh sims every time. Uh, showdown, it's still maybe a, a, a smidge of a dupe problem, but you're going to get a lot of data points to help you make that decision um, that I think will keep people from stepping off their toes. You have different levels of sort of risk tolerance from different types of players. Um, you'll see that like there actually is a little bit of value from some relatively chalky looking lineups in Showdown uh, because of how high the, the min cash equity is, something I, I was not really looking for when I got into this, um, it's like, it's gonna, it's gonna hit that 25% min cash line 45% of the time or something like that. It's, it's akin to play in like a cash game with upside or something. So, uh, I was a little surprised with some of the results. Um, but yeah, there, there's like still going to be a, a million ways people interpret this data. Uh, some people just print the top 50 lineups and rock and roll, you know, or, or 150 or whatever they're playing. Uh, so there's, a, there's still a lot of functionality and a lot of flexibility.
and you can still like control all the knobs and levers that you've always been able to do on run the sims which is like you disagree with us about target share you disagree with us about you know who's the starting running back in chicago go for you go for it knock yourself out by projecting that out however you want to you'll get lineups that bubble up that resemble the ones that you'd probably be wanting to be playing that's the other thing that I think is interesting. And, and Brian and I have talked about this as well, too, with like Sims, like it, you're still feeding in inputs. There are still assumptions being made. And you might be like, holy cow, this is a really good Sim. But those Sims are based on specific inputs. And so I do think that is at least a, a nice wrinkle to it of being like, hey, if you disagree with this input, if you know better, if you don't think you like the base level, or you have a hunch um, that you can go in and tweak it. Because don't you think Brian, a lot of times people just are like, it's a sim. It has to be perfect. The word simulation, that's so fancy. I'll clearly have an edge on everyone, but that's not necessarily how it works. Yeah. The, you know, the, this, the sim wars have kind of, kind of proven the, uh, the tape bros, right. Or, you know, the, 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 the guys who are doing the, you know, their own research, whatever you call them, Pete, because hand builders. It, you, you, I mean, hand is a little bit different. Like you're making your lineups yourself, but you're not making your, you don't have to necessarily make your own projections, you know? Yeah. I'm saying the guys who are like, you know, bottom up, making their own projections, okay. watching the tape and figuring out, you know, how many snaps, you know, charting plays, et cetera, et cetera. Because the, uh, they also have to, I don't know if you have this, Justin, but they have the post lock contest sim review mm -hmm. on these, uh, on the other sites. Yeah, we don't have that, no. You don't just, have that. Okay, well, I'm yeah. not saying you necessarily need that, but, like, what it shows is related to this topic that anyone who's ever worked with Sims knows is that the projections rule, you know, the lineups and, like, the post-lock EV and who they think was good and who they think doesn't. And this is, you know, we talk about this on Twitter quite a bit, where if you use your projections – to review the field, it's going to show you as quite good because you did what you were supposed to. Now it isn't necessarily going to put you at top because there's a lot of things going, interactions going on in a, in a DFS GPP. But if you use uh, stochastics, then it's going to look good in their post-lock sim, but it's going to look bad in Saber Sims one and vice versa. And if you try Cardi's, it's going to, you might look bad in both of them. You might look average or something in it, in it and it changes. So that just goes to show you that if you can get an edge on projections, even in today's age, uh, it's probably something worth pursuing. Um, but somebody mentioned way earlier in the comments, but I didn't want to interrupt Justin. And they said, uh, brains are more important than Sims. And I just like, I, yeah, there you go. I, I just like, um, if you are Travis Petty, if you are a good guy, a good player who can uh, make your own projections or, you know, you have your own uh, strategy and stuff, you can implement all that into a sim yeah, <laughs> and get even better and get in, in it and then parse your own thoughts out into actual numbers. So like there's not if you use your own projections, this is a good base for Justin's clientele on it, honestly, as somebody who makes his own projections but doesn't want to go the full sim, doesn't understand R or anything like that, or Python. And then you could sign up for these sites. So, like, it just helps you. Yeah, and it, you're exactly right. It's garbage in, garbage out. It always has been, always will be. Like, And I know, like, some where some of the weak points are in our current sim methodology. We're trying our best to, like, iterate through and make them – as seamless as possible, but like, there's going to be things that you're not accounting for. Like, I mean, one thing that comes to mind is like backup quarterback. 
have no way currently to say like, I don't currently have like an injury flag in our Sims that says uh, there's a 0.1% chance that every time Geno Smith drops back, he breaks his ankle and it's drew lock in for the rest of the game. Like I, I know I could add that. It just hasn't been a priority. Have you considered yet, but... hiring Siege to maybe kind of tackle that uh, backup <laughs> quarterback angle for you guys? <laughs> He's looking for a job, dude. Yeah. We're working on it. Maybe I'll find him on Upwork before it's all over with. Uh, Somebody's but... got to hire Siege. Come on. <laughs> he won't follow me. The man refuses to follow me on Twitter, but I'm st- I still support Siege being hired. Sorry, continue I, your thought. I had done the injury oh, stuff. Like, you you got to um, – like uh, brains over sims like i'd say a brain's not scalable in the way that a sim is like uh a sim's going to take what's in your brain and calculate it out in a way that's you know super objective and helps layer in all the nuance that are probably also inputs in your own brain um and and bring it all to the surface and if it cannot do that then that's simply a weakness in that particular sim uh and that's one that will iterate and get better over time and so like, yeah, exactly. So they can say, well, I do this one thing with my lineups. It's like, well, then you you could put that into your, your process. If you, you know, if you're coding yourself or hire somebody. Yeah. So like, there's pretty much nothing you can't do with additional code. Um, uh, I, man, I had something to say too, Justin. I, I forgot what it was. What were we were just talking about, Pete. It's probably we talking about important. the injury. It was the injury. Oh, injury. Thank you. Stuff. Yeah. I, so I, 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 I've done that before with some of my personal Sims, and giving injury feeds it like if they're all equal like running backs have all the same chance it doesn't matter so mm-hmm. like you'd have to make judgments on injury choices to really influence it and if you like said like let, let's say there's a four percent chance every running back gets the, like starting running backs get hurt and stuff like that it 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 basically it it worsens the chalk just slightly but like, if you don't have some sort of process for determining differential differences in injuries, I mean, you could do it like, you could do it like, like you expect quarterbacks to get sacked more frequently. So like, then there's a higher likelihood that they could hurt themselves, you know, stuff like that you could put in there. And so like, that would matter. Like that, that does matter. But like, if you're just going like a blanket, you know, 1.7% injury chance on all RBs, it doesn't matter. Like in my experience. Yeah. The, the maybe better example of where like there should be a fork in the road in terms of what the SIM does is like a fragile RB room where take the bears, for example, like if we think it, it leans a little bit to Khalil Khalil Herbert, but it could be Deontay Foreman or it could be Roshan Johnson. And you'd rather it just pick a guy, but interchange who that guy is with some degree of like proportion. Um, that's something that's not currently happening with us that I'd like to see us get into is adding some of those fragility if thens into those situations. We currently don't have a really good interface for being able to offer that type of flexibility to a user. So while I can like code it up on sort of our backend sims, I can't really, I can't give like too many ifs and thens to a consumer to go in and make their own rules, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I question for both of you, because it's almost like the word sim has been so normalized that it almost like seems easy 
but clearly there's like a lot of work both on like the technical aspect of just even like creating a sim and then obviously like the improving it i'm sure there's like new coding skills that you're needing to learn like what are both of you guys doing just purely from your own like educational standpoint to keep up in this arms race knowing hey there's other big brains out here who are trying to build better and bigger sims as well for me it's a matter of like honestly like staring out the window and thinking about the logic that goes into uh making it all work because it, the the second you think you have like sort of one method figured out you realize the weaknesses in it and there really is there's no perfect way to go about doing it you 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 put a plug a hole over here you create a hole over there um so mostly it's like just a whole, it's taken me two years to think of how to do it this way and so it, it really is tough but i mean other than that um like I've learned to do, uh, learn how to read uh, a lot of our code a lot better than I used to. Uh, I'm not the one actually going in and typing in the script and everything, but luckily uh, with me and ChatGPT, we've been a pretty good combo <laughs> of figuring out exactly what's going on. And I think like, you know, you talk about skills and the next economy and that sort of thing, the ability to like clearly articulate to a coder type person what exactly you want to accomplish is a really difficult thing to execute. And uh, and that's that's always going to be a problem, especially if that person's not intimately uh, familiar with football or Sims or whatever it is that you've got. I'm sure Brian's probably going through that, too, where um, it, it can be tough to communicate this idea that seems really clear in your head to some other person who doesn't know it as well. Amen. <laughs> that, that amen sounds like a man who has uh, gone back and forth uh, yeah. over email and messages with coders and uh, run into a few dead ends. Brian, yeah. is that correct? Oh, yeah. I got I got a comment on, on on our boy Travis in the in the chat. Yeah. The the man the man just he's just like he wins all the money and then he calls everyone stupid. It's such a good yeah. life this guy this guy leads. Shouldn't shouldn't Petty though if if Petty's you know team brain over Sims and uh, Sims are only going to get you so far? Shouldn't he be championing the Sims yes. movement? Get everyone kind of using Sims. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Can we get him as a paid <laughs> spokesman? That'd be great. That's exactly. I mean, it does. It is funny, though. It's like we can only come up with like how many Travis Petties of there uh, of the DFS world are there that can actually pull this off and win a battle against the Sims in that specific contest that they're playing. Yeah, I mean, like you think about like MLB, right? Like, can can anyone beat Cardi's numbers? Like. I mean, maybe maybe Carly Cardi's a complete charlatan and he doesn't know anything about stats and he's just making these numbers up every day. I highly doubt it though. I think like he's been spending, you know, 10, 15 years working on one system to try to predict the numbers in baseball. And so like I don't see how you can I, I mean, I have a lot of experience in this, and it's like I'm like, I, I, what am I gonna? What kind of edge am I gonna get? I'm not saying the edge wouldn't be worth money. It is clearly, like I said earlier, the Sims shows that. But like spending all that time to beat to beat these guys, like we got we got um, PSU putting in 126 hours a week, people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the. Yeah. It, you know, one thing that you mentioned, can you beat Cardi's numbers? I was listening to um, Blender had uh, Peter Jennings on his podcast the other day and I was listening to them and he was talking about, you know, people getting overconfident with an edge in the sports betting market, specifically with like an individual player prop projection because they're like, hey, I'm using Cardi's number and like it's showing just immense value here. And they were both making the point that 
in the same way a sports book that has a whole buffet of offerings, they have a large surface area and they can't give their intense focus to every single line. Cardi also has that issue with his projections, like the MLB player pool, that's a large surface area. And they were basically making the point that there's probably just as likely of an error in his projection system on that one specific input or whatever that is showing up and showing value than it is that the market is entirely wrong. And I think it goes back to that thing of just projections in general, right? Like you can have good projection sets on the whole, but there are probably blind spots. Someone might not be factoring in quarterback injury rates as much as they maybe should be. And then that can just the smallest bit of value because everyone's in just like hyper edge seeking mode. And I've done this with like ownership projections. Like this guy's only gonna be 6%. Like I'm going to windmill him in and then he's 10% and it's an awful play, you know? So like, I think we get overconfident with some of these inputs because it's like, holy cow, there's the edge. Let's go get it. Yeah. Do you think ownership will get better this year? It seemed like it was like completely way off last year. And I mean, that that's, sort of a big part of my process is like trying to compare optimal rates to ownership, but I just felt like I could never get a, a, a feel on ownership. It's been weird in other sports too. Yeah. There's been some, there's been some off. And uh, I don't know if it's like a back and forth chicken and egg problem or something. Yeah. Where people are seeing it and then adjusting and counter adjusting and that sort of More thing. More people adjusting. Yeah. And maybe, and maybe um, what's the word where like the, uh, you know, the, the sources kind of collide, you know, condense market kind of yeah. condenses yeah. into a consensus uh, could be an issue too. Um, that's a it good, that's a really good, yeah. Good topic. It also seems to, and I know ETR has talked about this year and I don't know if they've announced if they're going to do it officially or not, but having uh, two different ownership sets for basically like smaller field, higher stake stuff. And then the large field, because I know when I pull in my stuff and I'll look at, Osimo's, you know, ownership stuff compared to ETRs. And it's wildly different because I can tell that the finessing done by ETR is more a little bit on the steam on what the industry is condensing on. There's a little more, you know, art to it. Whereas I can always tell by Osimo's, this looks like large field, Millie maker, automated. What are people getting spit out from their optimizers? And there's always pretty big discrepancies between those numbers. And I do think that always like influences too. And it is that thing of the out leveling, right? Where everyone gets anchored to that initial batch. Holy cow, this guy's going to only be like 22. And it's like, that was literally just runoff of an optimizer algo predicting what it is. It doesn't actually represent how the field is going to react to it. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'll say this about Sims, like obviously it's designed so you can turn your brain off if you want to, but the best players are going to use this and keep their brain turned on and try to identify whatever their sort of micro edge is. And I mean, it's just like what you're doing in best ball, Pete, where you're trying to stack these micro edges on top of each other. You're you're taking the the sim methodology. You're taking your stance on the game or set of games. You're you know you're trying to identify that spot where everyone's overconfident in this one area. And hopefully, some of these tools are making life easier for you. And I think you could just set it and forget it and play the thing that the best lineups that it tells you to. But I think you're leaving EV on the table if you're turning your brain off. Like I think this is there's still a, a huge you know, user component towards getting the most out of these types of products always has been, always will be. You know, uh, a site I'd like to see um, is someone actually comparing all the projections and ownership from all the pay sites and their accuracy. That That'd would be, be fun. Cool. Yeah. People would probably subscribe to it. And, uh, and take, it would take a while. Take yeah. Like you'd have, like you'd have to already have like two years of data, but yeah, that would, that would be at least be interesting to see. 
Yeah, I mean, even when they post, um, I'm pretty sure it might have been an internal thing, but I know Leone was like, you know, testing their ownership projections against other ownership sets and looking at who had the highest uh, whatever R squared on kind of their projections. So I know some sites probably do that internally for their own benchmarks, but some of that stuff would be fun to have publicly available. So like Justin, heading into this season and knowing that, you know, you just in the Sim Street, you have far more competition than you have in previous years. Like, what are you guys doing to stand out? What is your value prop? Why should people use Run the Sims over other Sim products that are now readily available? Yeah, I mean, I think this the contest Sims is something that our uh, audience has been asking us for for a long time. And so I'm really happy to be able to deliver that. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how many other sites are doing contest sims for this current season. Uh, it's not a lot, but obviously uh, this should help improve everyone's process. We made the showdown product also. So we'll have this for like people who want to pay up for it. But we've made some awesome improvements too to just our traditional like premium NFL product. Uh, we've added a dupe predictor for showdowns. So you'll be able to compare the frequency uh, of which a lineup pops in the sims to how Frequently, we anticipate it would be duped in a field of that exact same size as your number of sims. So pretty easy way to cut off bad lineups and ensure that you're improving your edge that way. So, you know, I would imagine this like premium contest sim product is going to be for a very tiny percentage of even our very relatively small uh, group of subscribers. But the, uh, the the baseline product is, is so much better. The optimizer's gotten way friendlier and way better in terms of what it what it can do. It's a lot more competitive with with what's out there currently. And I think it all comes down to customizability. I think users enjoy the ability to tweak the things uh, in their lineups that are you know causing different guys to pop towards the top or the bottom and and have some control. So it allows you to like be subjectively objective in, in your process. And I think that's a happy place for DFS players to want to land is uh, just enough control and guardrails uh, to help them make their stamp on the slate and still like come at it from a process standpoint. Yeah. From, from a price perspective, the, the, what we started this conversation with, maybe we can end with this is uh, I think stochastic has kind of probably anchored that price point at this point for for most for most uh folks so i think there's kind of two ways this can go tell me if i'm crazy but uh either we just get this kind of stagnant price you know you put yours up for around the same and then just everyone just that's it we all have and then i, I think there's probably a couple other sites who are going to come out with their own sims too and then made the best site win or it, more of a race to the bottom and they'll drop to 100 and somebody else will drop 75 and then and now you're just pay it's like what you were paying originally for projections it just comes with it yeah. um so like like your strategy then is do i play the prices right here and beat them to the punch or just go with the flow and go with the status quo somewhere around what everyone would expect and just leave it there and see what happens i i don't know what i would do if i own uh, one of these companies what, what do you guys think I want peace perspective. <laughs> this, I, I don't own one of these companies here, Justin. This one's for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think um, undercutting the competition obviously makes a ton of sense uh, in terms of mar cap capturing market share. Uh, but I do think you want to, I mean, this is a high dollar product, honestly. Uh, it, it should show its worth. I mean, I think you could justify charging well north of what Stochastic is charging for theirs or, or whoever else has one right now, too. Um, so yeah, now I, I imagine we'll probably come under the stochastic price. 
I, I was going to ask, give you a hypothetical. Um, and let's say this is, let's say you had just launched this um, site. Um, and so you can think through kind of like long-term, what would be more valuable? What would you rather have in year one? A hundred subs paying a thousand dollars. So that's a hundred thousand dollars you bring in or a thousand subs paying $50. So half the revenue, 50,000, but you have 900 more subs. Which one would you take? It just depends on your time horizon. If you want to exit, you'll take the thousand subs. If you want, uh, if you want to stay and play the long game, you'll take the smaller number, higher dollar, and and play the profit game. So, uh, given where we're at right now, give me the profit game. Because it probably, in the reason you can play devil's advocate to that pretty easily, it's probably going to be a lot harder to get that thousand to ever pay more than fifty dollars. Yeah. Where you can probably either lower the price a little bit on the on the hundred and keep bringing in more people. It is an interesting thing. I think the anchoring effect for prices too, where people are like, Hey, and even we saw it in the chat with PSU earlier. We're like, why would I pay 350 like that? I can pay $49 for my draft guide or whatever. I just think it is an interesting thought experiment. Yeah. I would have really liked it if uh, Alex priced this thing about 500 bucks a month, a few, a few months ago, it'd be fantastic for everyone. I swear to God, I was going to say that. I was just going to say that. Like, I think they should have priced it at 500 and then, you know, it would be, we'd be, we'd be talking like a very small pool of guys who are probably already pretty good and mm -hmm. they'll just be messing with the Sims because they don't have the coding experience or the, they don't want to deal with hiring someone to build them something they, or they couldn't even, they probably, most of them, I, I, I think, didn't even know how to do it. Uh, now it's pretty obvious, but in hindsight, it's everything's obvious. So uh, yeah, if they would have done like 500 bucks and I know they had a big internal discussion on the price point. So like, man, I don't know. It's, it's tough. It, it, and like we're, we're going to talk about maybe next week again is like, at what point, like, can you even realistically expect people to buy this product when there's so many Sims out there, and you add in all the costs now associated with getting competitive info. Right. It's the, getting harder and harder to, to make a living doing this type of business. I mean, that the, the, the big companies are getting a little bit bigger and it's, it, it really is like, I'm feeling the, the pressures uh, sort of like market pressures a bit more now than, than I did when we were, um, when we were launching and, you know, uh, it, it's tough. It's tough to know exactly what do you want your stamp on the on the industry to be? And, and I think for right now, we just want to keep making a really good product to uh, what's what's probably a pretty hardcore user base. Like that's that's who we've always been is uh, catering to like that 90th percentile and above type of DFS player, um, you know, and, and I think that's who we'll continue to be. I mean, I think I've said this before, but like for the sites too, and, you know, in a perfect world, it's like even even non sim stuff, right? Just like purely projections. So like someone like Brian, you know, going around and kind of aggregating if he's pulling projections or wants to see ETRs. Like ETR in a perfect world would probably charge Brian more than they charge like an average person who just gets like their draft guide or whatever. Like they know how Brian is leveraging and using these because like in a perfect world, how it would probably be if there was a way to match it to your DFS volume. So you Absolutely. scrape all the FanDuel, DraftKings, all that and be like, Brian's playing X amount of entries. His sub is a percentage of that. They come up with a percentage. And then the guy yeah. who's playing $3.20 max, you know, and putting $60 in play, like he literally cannot justify paying $350 for that. But you would probably still want him as a customer charging him $30 for that product or whatever. 
Yeah, I tweeted something similar to this. Like the, the dream DFS product equilibrium is where every DFS site is tied into everyone's DraftKings account and is getting like 10% free roll uh, on the net profits for the year from that customer that just goes back to Ooh, them. Right. So anyway, yeah. that, that would be the dream. And I'd, I'd put our money where our mouth is when it comes to that. Uh, I, I think that would be a net positive for, for our company. I don't yeah. know if it would be a net positive for – it wouldn't be a net positive for a lot of companies. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I think that would be – ultimately awesome it'll never happen in a million years for lots of reasons but it's a fun thought experiment i, th I think the, the real one another solution would be uh DraftKings needs to lower the rake significantly <laughs> yeah, yeah. things will never happen and everyone yeah. can all rally around right yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, if you want to if you want to run for dfs president just say no more rake and i think you could just get elected just right away <laughs> like the kids in high school who would uh run for student body president and just promise free stuff and then they would always win yeah, <laughs> they think machines in every class seriously yeah. a kid with one of my speeches there's these poor girls that went up in my high school and they you know like they're shaking and reading their minute log speech and this one bro comes up and just like free stuff and everyone just like cheering and just votes him in um Justin, uh, let the people know if they do want to check out Run the Sims. I, I of course, full, full disclosure, I've worked with you guys for a couple of years. You can get, uh, is it, uh, what is, is it 10% off any of the packages with promo code Pete? Absolutely. 10% off anything. That'll include our new premium product once we launch that for uh, for 10% off. And yeah, so we're currently running $2.99 for the year for our traditional premium, uh, premium option. Uh, so that'll cover you all the way to the Super Bowl. I think that's a, a pretty strong value, honestly. It's $14 a week. And uh, we have weekly and monthly options that are now available as well, 10% off. And uh, price to be determined on this pro-level uh, contest sim. So uh, stay tuned for more information on that. But appreciate it, guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a show again. You can maybe walk me through you know how to use some of the new stuff that's coming out. And uh, we can get it on screen so people, myself included, asking for a friend, uh, know how to use it. For sure. Brian, any final words on the state of Sims here? Maybe another tease of our show next week. Uh, next week we got, well, I mean, we got Ricky D coming on uh, and possibly, uh, I don't know if I want to say him unless he, he can make it for sure, but we're hoping Travis could come on too. And we'll have a little friendly debate, <laughs> debate uh, over the state of gambling of DFS. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, wild. We've had a yeah. We'll have that show next week, and then the week after that, Brian, I will not be around because I'm heading out to Vegas on that Thursday. And then you know, yeah. by the time we get touch base again, the following Thursday, we'll be you know off to the races in the NFL season. We'll be fast approaching week two. So uh, time is flying here. I've had a, a really fun summer of shows here. If you missed last week, we talked with Jeremy Levine, the CEO of Underdog, talking about some of the legal hurdles they're dealing with right now in the sports betting space. And Justin, the way I naturally now have to end all of these interviews, team run pure sports, not to be, you know, uh, mistaken for RTS. It is RPS yeah. uh, or team ship at nation. Where do you fall in the great debate? I wish I had a little hat that I could pull on like a college recruit or something. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I actually do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, man. Run the Sims is officially a member of Team Ship It Nation. Uh, okay, uh, here we we're go. planting our, our flag in the sand, tying our wagons to uh, Tambo and Hoop. I had a good chat with those guys the other day, and they're going to be using our stuff on their Ooh. showdown streams. And so we got a nice little partnership brewing. Excited to announce that. So you couldn't have teamed me up any better than that, Pete. That was Oh. Yeah, just make sure you use a promo code Pete, not promo code ship it, though, if you're watching this show, <laughs> exactly. right? Uh, uh, 
right. Appreciate you guys hanging out in the chat. Thanks again to PSU fans and fear my tur uh fear my turtle tuttle. Oh, I said fear, fear my, my tuttle because I have yeah. tuttle on my mind. Uh yeah. turtle for coming on and letting us uh interrogate them about their ETR arrangement. And thank you to Justin coming on and talking Sims with us. Like I said, we'll be back next week with another show. Uh we will see you guys uh Thursday uh for next week's lulls with uh as we talk about the future of the DFS space. We'll see you then. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.